Skype. <laughs> this is a fizzle show. What's up, everybody? That was me being a little enthusiastic because sometimes, sometimes, I get a little trog door and I get a little burninating going on. What's up, everybody? What's up, children of the internet, children of, uh, and people who aren't children of the internet, who are learning how to do it. Uh, this is the fizzle show because most business ideas fizzle out, because most creative projects fizzle out before they ever see the light of day, let alone you actually make it past the first little points of, 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 of success, right? You know, you get your business idea, you get your creative idea, you get it off the ground, you have this little moment of success. Now, what do you do? <laughs> and a lot of people, that's when they fizzle out, right? What we're here to do is to talk about what makes the difference between the companies, the ideas, the, uh, the founders, the entrepreneurs, the indie creatives who survive and last for a long time and those who don't. And today's episode is no exception. Today we are getting into something that is, that is you know, like, like the last few episodes. I mean, you know, it's the summertime, Corbett and Steph, and it, it, a lot of people are slowing down their content schedules. There's a lot less activity going on. I feel like we just keep ramping it up. Every episode has been, has been awesome the last few episodes. And this one's no exception because we're going to talk about something that is, it's a zero BS kind of thing. It's like, a, all right, now the rubber's hitting the road. It's time to get your traction. It's time to work out your bull crap. It's time to get some actual work done. It's time to build the tasks, the projects, the daily in and out that is going to build your actual business, that your that your business is actually going to be built on. And this is a, a, a challenge for a lot of us because we're addicted to a little thing we call busyness. That's right. You get addicted to busyness. Busyness is an addiction. Busyness is an addiction. How are you? Oh, I'm good. You know, it's just so busy. Oh, I know. The summer, right? So busy. Yeah, we're busy too. Are you busy? Oh, we're busy. It's almost like in my parents' generation and especially my grandparents' generation, they were like, they were like, it's something, it's like something bad is happening if you're not busy. Like if you're not constantly busy, like something could be going wrong. Right. And, uh, and I think that that has, it, that needs to shift. That needs to change. It's something we've, we've all kind of felt because now it's not just about being busy. You know what it's really about is about being effective. Anybody can be busy. There's so many people with like dreams that just have not worked out and they've been busy for years trying to figure it out. Busy, 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 busy. There's so many people who have ideas. They've been trying to get off, off into the world and they've been busy for years putting them together. Just so busy. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm not talking about being busy. I don't want to be busy. I don't want busyness in my life. I want effectiveness. I don't want to be busy. I want to be effective. So today we're talking about busyness versus effectiveness. We're talking about getting things done versus choosing which things need to get done, right? There's this constant struggle between completing your to-do list and making sure the right things are on the to-do list, right? This constant struggle between what needs to happen right now, what feels urgent right now, and what's important over the next 6, 12, 24 months to you, to your business, to the growth and the projection of your business, but also to, I don't know what I was going to say there. <laughs> I don't wow. even know. And so I have on the show today, Corbett Barr, Steph Crowder. Corbett, how you doing? Fantastic. Steph Crowder, welcome to the show. Hi guys. I'm excited we, to be here. We missed you last week. Corbett and I, I had I'm a total back. sausage party and we yep. haven't received any, any complaints yet. Uh, but I think it might have gotten a little sweaty without your calming presence to keep us on track and honestly to basically give us the the real business. Mm. So we've got you here for yep. the real business. So guys, we're talking about busyness versus effectiveness. 
And uh, I guess, Corbett, let's start over with you since you've been sort of our, our papa bear on this whole thing. I mean, Steph and I would, would be, we would have all these ideas on things to come up with and do for Fizzle and all this stuff. And Corbett would constantly come back like, Okay, just tell me exactly how that's going to grow the business. Tell me exactly what the uh, what the relevant result is of that. You were always keeping us uh, on uh, on track, trying um, to. So, <laughs> so what what is your take on this busyness versus effectiveness thing? Well, first off, we're not going to have like some kind of uh, like secret Jedi trick here where you can magically be effective without being busy. Because I think to be effective, you will probably be pretty busy. You know, mm-hmm. this is some, in some of this, there's the work smarter, not harder thing that you heard growing up, but uh, you kind of have to do both. But the, the worst case scenario is that you're just working hard and not smart period. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have talked in the past on this show and inside fizzle quite a bit about productivity systems, right? We've talked about, How do you organize your to-do list? How do you make sure that you're getting things done every week? But I want to make sure that people are at the same time also reviewing that to-do list, building towards something that's more sophisticated than just a productivity system that lets them know strategically, am I working on the right things? Are the things that I'm working on for my business leading towards the broader goals that I have for my life? Making sure that I'm living a life worth uh, living a life worth living. Yeah, right. Living a living sure. worth a, a living worthy wife. Living living a living worthy. <laughs> you're talking about living a living worthy wa- life. That's what, yes. You, you want to have a living worthy wife too. But yeah, I think people know what you're trying to say. Yeah. So <laughs> that's where I'm at today. Bunch of goofballs. Steph, what about you? What is this? What, what's the danger? What's why does this matter? Busyness versus effectiveness. Yeah. Well, I think what we're going to get into is. I think, especially when you're starting a business in general as like a productive member of society, but especially in entrepreneurship, all of us, I think, want to have some level of guidance, obviously, like some kind of system to make sure that we're checking things off the list. Most of us are managing a lot of moving parts. Some people out there have day jobs, side hustles, family life. There's a lot to keep track of. So it's no surprise that we all gravitate towards wanting to believe that there are best practices in terms of how to actually get stuff done. So a lot of us have tried all different kinds of methods and some of us have even developed our own here in Fizzle and outside of Fizzle as well. And I think what's interesting for me to think about and what what I'm often playing with is I really do believe that there is, like many things in life, there's a balance. There's a middle ground. I see some entrepreneurs and I've also oscillated between these these two places myself, but I see some people being so obsessed with having a system to the point where they're doing so much work on the to-do list that the work that they need to be doing actually isn't happening, right? Like you can, if you really want to, you can spend so much time tinkering with a to-do list or Trello board or name your system that you're using that it becomes, it it hinders your productivity, which is really ironic. But then on the flip side of that, I also think that winging it um, can lead to not really knowing if the needle's moving at all. Um, you could be wandering way out in left field and not be aware of it before it's you know you've lost a lot of time and money. So I'm always really interested in exploring. I really do believe there's a middle ground here where you can have that guidance to help you be productive, but also have the space to be creative and and actually focus on the things that are going to move you forward instead of being so obsessed with getting the right system. I feel like I see a lot of people worrying that they're not doing their system right, yeah. which is kind of a whole thing. So finding that balance, I think, is really interesting. And specifically, they're talking about the balance between what, in your words? I think it's the balance between too much of a to-do list approach, like being so obsessed with having a system versus winging it. So finding yeah. that finding enough guidance to also allow for the creativity. Yeah, because the winging it, the winging it is, is it has a lot of sex appeal to me. I got to admit, mm-hmm. like, I like <laughs> winging it, you guys. I love winging it. Like, I have these companies reaching out going like, hey, we sent you the bag. We'd love to do a, uh, a little Skype call with you. I've never done a single one with it because you know why? You know, I actually it would help me. It would help me <laughs> to get more information about the bag. The reason why I don't, I just don't want to have something on the calendar. 
<laughs> I literally do not want anything on the calendar. Because every day I want to be able to look at like whatever time I have and go like, how do I want to fill this? I want to wing it. I want to wing it. And that doesn't always mean that I get the best amount of of like stuff done, but I get a crap I get a I get a crap load of stuff done. You know, it's like this weird mix of I like the freedom. The freedom gives me a little energy. The energy helps me complete some tasks. But there is this winging it. Uh, the, there's this there's this what I don't know. It's like the slough of the 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 the, the slew the the uh, the uh, <laughs> the delta of uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking of like swamp the swamp. That's what I'm looking for. The swamp <laughs> of uh, of I don't know. Like Corbett, how, when was the last time? You, do you get into like winging it modes? Do you are you like prone to wing it at all? Um. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, but I feel like usually that's either time that I just need to recharge and like let my let my brain and soul kind of like do yeah. what it wants for a while. Yeah. Um, but if if that's not the case, then usually it is kind of aimless. I feel like somewhat directionless, wasted time. Yeah, and and I get. I get towards the end of a period like that going, what was I doing? You know, and I look back and um, I don't know. I, I think that's, that's just partly how my brain works, but I feel like I need to have a clear idea of what I'm working towards to feel like I'm being effective because otherwise, you know, how do you judge whether or not you're effective if you don't know what you are working towards? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this winging it thing that, that I and a lot of other people get into um, whether or not we want to, and they, it can have some, some nice sort of spontaneous energy in it, but there's this real, there's this real downside. There's this real shadow to that. And that is exactly the feeling that Corbett was talking about, where you'll end a day going like, did I even get anything done today? Did I do mm-hmm. anything important? Mm-hmm. Did, like, do I even know where I'm heading in life? Like, do I even know what this business idea is really heading towards or something? So in the wake of that, we need to get a, to avoid that feeling, we need to get some sort of a system. But like Steph was saying, uh, some of these systems of like coming up with a goal, figuring out our, our you know, desired outcomes and ca- creating a list and actually following through on that list, waking up every morning and like taking your orders from the list, right? And, and going like, I'm going to mm-hmm. do this. I have to do this. I'm getting this stuff done. Cracking that whip a little bit, being disciplined a little bit, right? Not being in that spontaneous, creative, free flow thing, but being in the like, get the work done kind of thing. There is this other danger on that side, though, where you go too much and you keep your head down and you're just like working on the to-do list because it's the things that's on the to-do list and you never keep your, like bring your eyes up to see if we're actually heading in the right direction or not. Corbett, this is dangerous, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. And and this is, um, I think the trap of busyness, yeah. right? You can get to a point where you're blindly following your to-do list because, Hey, it's on the to-do list. The to-do list is always right. You know, you can, you can feel that. And, uh, so you just assume that if it's on that list, then it must be important and I got to get this done. And you can also kind of get addicted to that, you know, checking things off, right? Even if they're small and and meaningless. So an evolution of this, you know, we, we talked earlier um, before we started recording, Steph had this idea of sort of an evolution of your productivity and, Mm -hmm. and the system that you're working towards. And I think one of the first evolutions of, of becoming a, an effective not just busy person is reviewing your to-do list and making sure that the things on it are important. Steph, you had, you had a bunch of ideas for how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, as you guys were talking, what comes to mind for me is I think one of the things, cause I I'm prone to winging it myself, which is probably why I developed the 15 minute planner method, which I've talked about here on the show before. I feel like I need to corral myself sometimes. And one of the things I think I've missed out on when I'm too far on the winging it side is an opportunity to confront my own excuses and my own inefficiencies head on. So one of the cool things I think about finding some kind of system that does work for you is it gives you this data to look at. You can, like, I'm finding this to be very true of myself right now. It's actually becoming a self-awareness tool where I can 
you know, if I'm examining what's on my list, like Corbett said, and, and, and challenging what's on there, and I'm still not where I want to be, I can look at how I'm working and say, okay, why am I getting off track? Like, why are these things that I'm excited to work on not getting done? How come when I scheduled three hours to build something creative, like a creative project, it doesn't get done? And for me, a whole bunch of things come up that have been um, things that I want to work on myself personally, like in a self-development direction. So I almost, we kind of started talking about this before we were recording, but I almost see this as like this pyramid where if you stay committed to examining your work patterns long enough, you can start to see what the things, you know, in your working life you want to change, not only in work, but also personally and how you want to evolve as a person so that you can, I think, what we're all after is having a good life and, and being happy. So I think there's more at stake here than just having a to-do list, right? And like feeling like you're checking things off. It can, if if used properly, if you are looking and, and challenging what's on that list, I think you can really start to make some huge gains in terms of confronting excuses and overcoming obstacles that you may not e- you may not even be aware are present in how you work. How do you mean? Tell, give me, can you, do you have an example of this? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So for example, this is what came to mind when we were chatting before. I think about how if anybody out there has gone to like Fleet Feet or some kind of shoe store, they put you on a treadmill to see how you run, right? Mm -hmm. Like they want to look at how your feet are moving and are you putting pressure in one certain part of your body or, or whatever. I don't even know what they look for exactly, but it helps them talk to you, helps the salespeople there talk to you about what you're doing when you're running. They can recommend different products that can perfect or correct, I suppose, the way that you move when you're running. So if you're not committed to some kind of system, some kind of parameters for how you get stuff done, I don't think you have that insight into how it is that you move about your day, right? Like how do you move through your week when things come up, which they inevitably do, like on a Wednesday, you've got your whole week planned and on a Wednesday, somebody needs your attention, how do you respond to that, right? So to give some a couple real examples of my own um, things that I'm working on that absolutely planning my week and having a system has helped me realize. The first one I would say is I am someone, so for people out there who are Gretchen Rubin fans, Gretchen Rubin has this book called The Four Tendencies. And the one, and a lot of people will know what I'm talking about. The one that I am is the obliger, which means that I... And I've talked about this before on the show. I derive a lot of uh, self-worth or at least pleasure, happiness from feeling like I'm close to people and from feeling like I am liked and all of that type of stuff, like all that junk, right? So what happens to me is I've noticed over time that I want to create a course or I want to work on my podcast or I want to make something and I carve time in my calendar for that. And I'm genuinely looking forward to it. But when somebody needs me, when I get a text message from someone or you know someone wants to collaborate with me, the first thing that I do is sacrifice my commitments to myself. Mm-hmm. I will never break promises to other people. You guys know this about me. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I pride myself on being dependable, but I'm noticing in my work that it's actually causing me to not grow the way that I want to grow. Like my projects don't get done because of this... Uh, I guess, personality trait or way of looking at myself. And I don't think I would have seen this about myself if I didn't have weeks and weeks and weeks of looking at my weekly plan and seeing like, oh my gosh, I've wanted to do that podcast episode for six weeks and it's not getting done. And you can ask those hard questions like, why is that not happening? Um, Another big one for people and for me personally as well is I struggled for a really long time to get into a workout habit. A lot of people I've talked to who are entrepreneurs uh, mention this as well, where they're like, there's just no time. There's no time for me to get to the gym. There's no time for self-care. And I think when you have a lot of weeks where you're like, wow, I wanted to go to the gym and it didn't happen, um, you can examine that and say, why am I not treating that like a commitment to myself? So my point being you have this data about how you work. You're able to look back and and ask yourself, did I hit the mark on the things that really mattered to me? Or did my tendencies, my excuses, my beliefs, uh, what is coming up that is causing me to not be where I want to be in business, but also personally, the kind of person you want to be? Um, so I don't know. I think I see this as having some kind of way to measure where you've been so you can look forward and and grow not only as a worker and as an entrepreneur, but also as the type of person that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Um, there's a lot to chew on in there. 
I know. I feel like I just really got into it. (laughs) I just put it all on the line. I don't know. I think what comes, one thing we talked about before that is, this is like a brand new idea. And I love when we do shows like this, because this is like, I feel like our listeners are getting a peek into us kind of discovering our own way of thinking about this. But that evolution that Corbett talked about, if you're someone right now who's kind of in the beginning stages of this and you're like, okay, I want to, I, I, you you guys have got me. I want to be effective. I don't want to just be busy. I want to work on the right things, not just all the things. I think the first thing to do is to, think about where you want to end up. So here at Fizzle, we have the goals course. It's a great place to start. You can go to fizzle.co slash goals. I think as like the base of the pyramid, if you feel like a chicken with your head cut off, you do just feel busy for busy's sake. I think the first step is to get really clear on what do you want life to look like? All, All these questions that we ask in the goals course, what do I want this to feel like? What's my word? What's working? What's not working? And that goes back to what Corbett said earlier as well about not necessarily having the right things on your list. If you're worried that your to-do list is just filled with stuff and you don't know if it's the right things or not, I think the first step is to get really clear on where is the compass pointing? Where is that North Star? And I think, at least here at Fizzle, the goals course is a really great place where you can get started on that. And then the benefit of that is, you know, if if we're trying to be effective instead of just busy, then when you go and review your to-do list or consider putting something on it or try to come up with priorities for things that are on your to-do list, you can ask yourself, how does this particular thing mm-hmm. I'm going to do get me closer to my goals, whatever those mm-hmm. are. And you can just look at everything on your to-do list and ask, does this help me, as Steph said earlier, grow my revenue or grow my audience or grow as an entrepreneur? Does this help mm-hmm. me grow my skills or help me learn or something? Mm-hmm. And if you're scratching your head at the end of the day, like how does having this, committing to doing this uh, phone call or this project with this other person who approached me, how does it help me get closer to my goals? And if you can't see a way that it's going to help you grow your audience, grow your revenue, or grow as an entrepreneur, then you might be just obliging this person because you had it beaten into your head as a two, three, four-year-old that sharing is caring and that being cooperative in school is important, teamwork, all that kind of stuff. And that's great in the workplace, but as an entrepreneur, you have to get a little bit selfish. Because you're the only one looking out for this thing. There are no gold stars that get you a promotion because you helped out so and so and so and so. At the end of the day, you look at your, you know, your um, financial statement and that's going to tell you whether or not you're working on the right things. Mm -hmm. And so that selfishness, I think, is something that we all have to kind of learn. But the first step in that is, like Steph said, getting clear on what your goals are. And the goals course is great at helping unearth those things that are already inside of you and putting them down on paper. Because even if you feel like you're somebody who just wings it, there are things in the back of your mind that you know you want to achieve. You just maybe haven't committed to writing them down. Sometimes maybe it's because you're scared to, because you feel Mm -hmm. like you don't have any way of actually making it possible. But the beauty of writing those things down and getting clear on what they are is at the end of a period, let's say a quarter or something, You can ask, did I make progress towards these things? And if not, is there something in my productivity system that was preventing me from doing that? Yes. Was my system leading me to work on the wrong things? Was my system letting me say yes to too many other things that were distractions instead of, instead of core things? So, you know, setting goals isn't just about uh, you know, I, I want to drive a Ferrari one day. It's about measuring whether or not the things that you're working on are truly important and having a way for, for understanding that at the end of your review period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so well said. And, and the thing that I would want to underscore in that is I think I see it in a lot of newer entrepreneurs, especially um, the big question that a lot of people ask is, am I doing this right? Or what's the right way to build a business? Or what's the right way to set this up or live my life, fill in the blank. And what Corbett just said is, is so dead on, which is 
and this, we talk about this a lot in the goals course is you are really the only person that can answer that question. Yes, there's education and you can take courses and you can hire coaches. And I think those things absolutely have their place, obviously. But um, I think people are often surprised at how much inner guidance is available to you uh, when you just ask yourself the question, where am I trying to go? What do I want this to look like? You are really the only person that can answer that. So to Corbett's point, to get that kind of sorted out first then you can make sure that the items on your to-do list are in, in alignment with that or not. And no one outside of you can, can help you figure that out at the end of the day. What does, um, what does the review look for you look like for you, Steph and Chase as well? I'm curious, like how do you look at your to-do list and decide, no, I'm not going to do this. Like it got on there and it shouldn't, shouldn't have, or, or this thing is more important than this other thing. Like how, mm-hmm. how do you do that? I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about growth. And I've said this a million times, but Corbett is someone who's really helped me think about, put everything through this filter. If you know where you're trying to go, you've either done the goals course or you've just done your own visioning work and you know where you're trying to end up, you have to ask yourself the question, are the things on my list helping me grow towards that or are they taking me off track? And I think anything that's not directly taking you to that end point, um, has to be examined really carefully. I mean, a lot of things I think need to be delegated. A lot of things you you could just straight up stop doing. But I think it really does come down to, is it growing my audience? Is it growing the revenue? Or is it growing my skill set? I feel like that's the first question that I'll ask myself. The other thing I'll just add on to that is for my like intuitive feeling type people out there of which I identify as one of them, I think you have to ask yourself how you're feeling when you're doing the things on your list. So all of us have been there where you're like, something's on your calendar every single week and you're like, I effing hate doing this. Like this is like, I don't feel good in my body when I do it. I dread it. Um, There's a lot of schools of thought out there that say that you shouldn't. I mean, first of all, you could go with the approach of like, life is just too short to do stuff you hate. Plus you're running your own business. Don't do it if you don't want to do it. You know, if you're producing a podcast and you hate it, like no one's going to, make you have a podcast. Or if you hate answering your email, there are ways to get help with that. So those two criteria together have been really powerful for me. Is it growing through the criteria we just talked about? And how do I feel when I'm doing it? Because Uh I'm running this business. It takes a lot out of me. I better enjoy most of what I'm doing. And if I don't, I'm going to start trying to move away from it because Mm. it's probably not tapping into my talents, I don't think. I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Steph, because I I think it is um it's easy for for people when they're just analytically looking at a productivity system to think like well what's most important and yeah. what's going to move the needle but if you ignore the way you feel if you ignore the things mm-hmm. that you're interested in naturally and the and the things that you aren't then it's going to feel like a slog and you're probably going to yep. fall off the wagon at some point when i don't know if you guys remember but um when we were doing quarterly evaluations of what projects we wanted to take on for fizzle. Sometimes we would do this like geeky scoring method. And one of the criteria in the score was what's our level of interest? Like how Mm -hmm. excited are we to work on this thing? Because we knew that if, you know, something has potentially a really high impact, but nobody wants to touch it, it's going to be hard to get that project done because, you know, during the week when motivation wanes, which it always does at some point, you have to have some things in there on your to-do list that are fun, that you're excited about working on, that you can envision the outcome as being something that you really want um, instead of something that you just feel like, well, we need to do this because our analytical selves decided that it was important. Yeah, which Corbett, mm-hmm. you should do a course on that at some point, by the way. Like just like how we did our quarterly planning and... Mm. And the, there's basically the decision matrix that we used to, to just kind of like plain and simple add up, even weighing certain, certain elements of it higher than, uh, than more. Like if, if we, Mm -hmm. if we're more interested in it and it has less growth, but it's not like, like, I don't know, something, something about that was just like so systematic, systematically easyifying. That's a, it's a word that I read in a science book. Easyifying. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a process and structure by which you make something easier, you know. Um, and I think that it had that effect. 
We have a really good podcast episode on that. You guys remember? We uh, I don't know what number it is offhand, but it's called like the I think we called it like the Energizer Planning Method. Oh yeah, and I think we broke oh, it all yeah. down here on the podcast. <laughs> so right. people should all check right. that Maybe out. Maybe we already did that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, okay, I'm just trying to think Jeez. of where I'm going to jump in here. Yeah, <laughs> and and what you know for as somebody who is a self-confessed winger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and somebody who kind of feels like, well, if it's important, it'll happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like how it's, you, you know, you, um, I know that you work on things that you're not always excited about. You do things that you feel like you're obligated to yeah, do. Yeah, right. Yeah. So why do you do those? And, and how does that relate to, yeah. to somebody who doesn't like set like long-term goals? Well, um, my deep unending sense of fear and insecurity that everything good in my life is going to go away is a, is a strong <laughs> okay. source of motivation for me. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that got real. Like for me, I have a YouTube channel that is like, that is providing basically, uh, you know, that, that needs to be providing, uh, whatever our income. Right. Um, and, and I'm looking at that and where the numbers are and I, and it's constantly in a state we've, we've just, we've just hired a, an accountant and I'm, I'm trying to get her to give me a, to, I'm, I think I'm going to pay for more hours of her just so that I can get more details on, on how much money we're really making from which sources and stuff like that. But similar to, to what Steph said, you know, one thing I really want, right, hold on, let me, let me just back up. Okay. Let me back up and kind of provide a context for a lot of the things that you guys have been talking about. You've said we need to know where we want to end up in order to figure out what we need to do right now. Right. That I think is, is classic uh, advice. I think it's essential understanding for here you are today with eight hours to work on your business, if you're lucky or an hour and a half, right? or whatever, or it's Sunday and you're planning the week out, right? And you know that this week you've got four hours or eight hours split up over X amount of days or whatever. And the question is, what are you going to spend your, what are you going to spend that time on? Right. And how you answer that question uh, is it, it, like, there are so many different ways you can do it. But I think if you have a sense of here's where I want to be, then, then you can, then that should help you figure out what you should do next, right? If you don't, if you know where you want to be, you, you can have a greater sense of what the next very next step is in that direction. However, I will say as someone who, um, who is clinically, uh, non-committal about where I want to be, right? Because the things I actually want to be, the places I want to be, or the thing I want to be are very soft goods, right? I want to be wise, I want to be in a connected, passionate marriage. I want to have like connected, playful relationships with my son and daughter, right? I want, I want these sorts of things. And a lot of my life, spiritually speaking, has been trying to sort of understand what are these desires like that are deep below the surface that are at work because what I'm realizing is I could be satisfied with a bunch of different manifestations of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I could be satisfied in this business or in that business. Like, it, so I don't want to be doing business A or business B. I want to be doing the thing that's that gets served through either of those, right? So one of the things I care a lot about is I want to be working on things that feel like they matter to me, feel like that they're important, um, that it's a it's it's a contribution in the world in some way, right? That's something that I want. And now that might be. Uh, you know, classic examples like, you know, helping raise like, like what wells in Africa, you know, like there's, it's hard to get, it's hard to get more tangibly practical than that. Or it might be uh, helping people figure out what products they should purchase that are more ecologically mindful, more sustainable and more uh, that, that can like, like right now with my YouTube channel, it's like, I love getting people into products that they actually love. Right. So I'm just, riffing around here on like when i think of what my goals are when i think of what i really want the truth is I, i'm sort of a mystery to myself still i think there's a lot of things i just don't know and uh and i'm sort of a pansy about that <laughs> like you know what i mean i sort of don't just muscle up and figure it out 
I, I kind of don't believe I'll, I, I don't believe I have enough data yet. I think I need another 10 or 15 years of data to really get a sense of like, okay. Well, but, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But you just, you just listed like 10 goals, right? You said, yeah. you said you want to have mm-hmm. a, you want to have a more passionate and committed relationship with your spouse. Not even more. So, just like, I just want that to be true about my relationship, which is like, which is like roughly true already. Right. But, I just want to maintain okay. that, you know? Okay. Okay. But, but in order to maintain that, are there things that you need to do? Yeah, there are. There totally are. And, and so that's where for me, I did that course on the journaling, uh, the journaling course Mm -hmm. inside fizzle, which was a, it's a, it just outlines this daily practice that I've done sort of off and on for a while. And that's how I sort of reconnect to those uh, missions. You know, the goal, goal is sort of like, like, um, it's kind of like, like Mr. Miyagi didn't have a goal of having the bonsai tree, like stay alive. It's like, it was more of like a lifestyle. You know, that he would prune this, this bonsai tree because it was, it was a, it was a practice of his sort of way of life, right? I think of life more in terms of things like, like that because I'm just a weirdo in that way. But I still think it's really, really critical that we get a sense of what we do know about where we want to be. So that goals course, for example, that Steph mentioned. I was there. I was there when she led the course and I did the course live and it's very powerful because you start out by just trying to understand what do you already know about where mm-hmm. you want to be going, right? And that mm-hmm. is the first step is what do you already know? And then maybe you you have some sense of like uh, of of how much confidence you have in each either one of these. Like one of the things like I, <laughs> I can say, uh, for example, I want to be important. You know, I want to be an important person, right? That's a very honest goal of mine. But I can also look at that and go like, yeah, that's because of my insecurity and my fear and, and my neuroses. These are things that I'm actively working through. And I, in fact, the more I get my feeling of importance from my relationship with my wife and my relationship with my son, the healthier I get. And then work just becomes like farming and just work. Do you know what I mean? So for me personally, there's been a lot of silt in the stream of, of, of productivity. You know, a lot of looking for personal, personal, uh, uh, edification or personal, I don't know, working out my own issues through my work, right? It's really kind of like a, a therapeutic process for me. So, so in that, in that example, if, feeling important is a goal of yours yeah. or it's something that you feel you need. Yeah. Then you have to ask yourself, how do I feel important? Right. And you have to break that down. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and this, you know, that would probably get psychological in some ways. It, it clearly, I mean, totally. But, Cause I look at, but, keep going. But, but, but listen, you, it's likely that in order to feel important, you either have to do something like, like work on something that, is important that other people believe important. So they recognize you as important yeah. or maybe it's a mental state. Maybe there's a mindset of importance mm-hmm. that you need to cultivate. Yeah. But either way, in order to do that, it's likely that you have to dedicate some time to pursue the mindset or pursue the activities that will make you feel important. And therefore those are things that could go on a to-do list. Maybe right. it's not your work to-do list, but it's a to-do list. And to get back to the conversation of being effective versus being busy. If feeling important is something that really matters to you, then you could say that working on something that makes you feel important is an effective task. And that's how you would judge a task. And I think, I think what we're getting at here is to me, you know, we've talked a lot about operating systems and an operating system just defines how you get work done and, also ensure that that work is important. It's the whole thing, not just the productivity system, but it's the things that are much higher up, right? It's sort of like Steph said, there's this pyramid concept, Mm -hmm. right? Where the base of the pyramid is just uh, your goals. And then above that is maybe um, a to-do list. And then above that is maybe a more full-fledged productivity system. And you keep moving up that pyramid to the more sophisticated levels. You're trying to become a black belt at this. And Mm -hmm. as you go up, you can't help but get closer and closer to personal development, 
right? Yes. You get yeah. to this, this level where you're not just talking about goals and what do I want from life and blah, 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 but this overall thing, which is much more philosophical, much more spiritual and so on. And I think the connecting those two dots is the scary part for you, Chase, right? Because you love being up there at the top of the pyramid, thinking about personal development, thinking about mm. what do I want to be, not what do I want to achieve, yeah, yeah. right? And But yet you, like everybody else, sit down at your desk every day and think, what do I work on? And it's all that stuff in between that is so hard to reconcile right. sometimes. Right. Yeah, right? oftentimes, you know what I think, I, I was thinking about this, like I, I would, I wish I would have been in the workforce long enough to really like kind of crush my soul enough to just go like, I, I know how, I know I can work if I need to. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, like I yeah. think Corbett, one of the things you learned to do when you were working at the consulting company and, and traveling around and being this, uh, this sort of like, cause you're working on software techie sort of, uh, things, right? Mm-hmm. You got to ha- have a, an, enough uh, autonomy and creativity and and uh, competence and and usefulness, right? In the context of a, a position where you weren't you you didn't have to pay everybody's salary, right? So there was there there was yeah. this sense of like kind of like you got a sense of fulfillment from the work, even though you didn't own the whole business, right? That's something that I I uh, realize when I say I'm unemployable. It's just because I never re- I never worked at a place that like would afford me the ability to to do that, and I was never competent enough as an employee to really create that position for myself. That's what I see now is you can absolutely create those positions for yourself when you're competent enough, right? Um, the only reason why I bring that up is because. Back to the idea of of like what you're talking about. The goal is actually cultivating a mindset of uh, of significance and authenticity. Because it's not for me, right? It's not just. And I'm I'm only I'm only talking about this because I think it's it's helpful for a handful of people out there, right? And if it is, please speak up because there's a lot of these creative entrepreneurial types like myself who what we're looking for is some some level of significance and doing that through some sort of modality of authenticity, right? So it's almost like we have to cultivate this mindset of both significance or importance and authenticity, regardless of what we've done to actually now I like to achieve importance or something like that. So this takes me back to what my work was in that journaling course, which was all about showing how over a a series of months using like affirmations which is this weird thing that i talk about in that course that really transformed a lot of the way i think about myself right and that Mm -hmm. transformation of how i think about myself really transformed how i brought myself to the tasks that needed to be done right which gets me into like when i think of what needs to be done now it's much less involved around that question of who who do I who am I trying to become and stuff like that, right? It's much more involved in okay, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm running a YouTube channel. What does a YouTube channel needs? It needs it needs videos. Well, what are, what are the, what needs to be true about the videos? The videos need to be interesting enough for people to click on. The videos need to be something that's timely. The videos need to be so I start creating a list in my head of just from my own experience. What does this content need to be? How often does that content need to be published? Oh, well, that's my goal is to publish good, this level of content this often. What do I need to be able to do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the, the thing that I love about the journaling process is, is you're, you're really focusing on trying to understand yourself and what you need to, um, feel like you're living a, a life worth living, right? Yeah. Like I said earlier. And, and that's why I think it's, it's, nearly impossible to come up with a um a set of goals that can stand the test of time that lead you in a direction that makes you feel good and worthwhile and you know like you and 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 like you're trending towards the person that you want to be without considering your overall life picture, right? It's, it's dangerous to set business goals without thinking about your life. And I think a lot of us, unfortunately end up in careers where 
we don't have a choice. You, you don't get to think about your life goals with your career necessarily, depending on, on what you end up in. And so you end up in this situation where you feel trapped because this career isn't leading me totally. towards becoming the person that I want to be. Totally. But at the same time, at the same time, it's also dangerous to try to make your business force your business to accomplish too much of what you want to be in life. And mm -hmm. when you can finally see your business as a tool, what was as the a second, means, what was the second danger? It's dangerous to what? To force your business into be, becoming the, the vehicle that, that accomplishes all the things that you want from life, yeah. right? Because we want to feel significant. We want to feel loved. We want to feel we, important. We want, we want to, to travel. We want to have nice things. We want, we right. want to have important, we want to have um, like deep relationships with, with other people. And <laughs> we want some exciting of those, sex. Sometimes you can't get that through your business, Corbett, as much well, as you've tried with me. And honestly, and I'm open to it. <laughs> I thought we weren't going to talk about this on air. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Keep going, though. You're talking about the danger on both sides of this, like, sort of spectrum. Right. And so your business is important, but I think that a, a more sophisticated way to look at your business is not as the ends itself or the thing that's going to accomplish everything you want to in life, but as a vehicle to do that. And you have to recognize the limitations of that vehicle. You have to yep. recognize that you might be able to work on things in a way that make you feel important or significant or whatever, but you can't derive all of that significance just from your business. And when you can separate and compartmentalize your business in a, in certain ways so that you recognize that, oh, my business really needs to put food on the table and let me feel good about the way that I'm putting food on the table at the same time then you can stop trying to make it into more than it needs to be. And then it can start to grow and flourish. Right. Yeah. So I, and I, and I think this is, a, this is a really important part because, well, first of all, you, you said how dangerous it is to set goal, set goals when you don't know yourself. Right. And this is, it needs to be said that like a lot of people are out there setting goals and it's this weird balance. Like, it's this weird balance where you've got to set a goal to just to get started. And then once you've gotten started, you get a little traction, you learn a little more about yourself, come back to your goals, redefine them, rewrite them, yes, rejigger them. There is an ev evolutionary process that happens as you discover more about yourself, but you kind of use the goals to, to do it. And so at, at first, a lot of people are very fired up. They feel like, I want to set this goal. I'm going to do this. This is what I want to become. And the whole, I'm hearing them and I'm going like, this is going to be fraught. Like you're going to get like, there's no there there, but it gives them mm -hmm. enough fuel to get to the spot that, that now they have a little more, a little more perspective to go. Oh, Oh, I see now. Okay. So I actually was wanting like this part of this, but not this whole, all comes with all this crap. Like I hate doing all this, you know? And now it's like, okay, so what's that? And then there's more steps along the journey getting back into, you know, this great mystery of our own existence, right? <laughs> of what the hell we are. Um, and I hear you saying, Corbett, that the business itself, we shouldn't think of this business as a vehicle to, to fulfill all these desires. But the truth is I really do because I don't think of it as a business. I think of myself like it's that Jay-Z line. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's sort of like, to me, the dream of the platform world. You know, it's like, it's like you're constantly, you have this personal brand, you have your personality, you have your gifts and talents, your way of looking at the world and your experiences. And then there's all of these potential streams and opportunities that you're kind of constantly playing with. So you might have a, uh, like a digital media thing. You might have a physical product thing, but they're related to each other in some ways. You might have a podcast over here, which is not related to X, Y, and Z. And so like a Gary Vaynerchuk or a Casey Neistat's a great example of this, where you have companies that are starting up out of this thing that you really represent, which is whatever freedom, future, possibility, whatever Casey Neistat represents, right? Um, and I see that world as the kind of thing a lot of people are trying to be, you know, and I'm, I'm very interested in that world of like, how do you become this personality thing? Um, because obviously that just like plays right to my strengths, you know, it plays yeah. right to my strengths. So yeah, but keep going. But, but I think that's, that's 
a goal, right? right? That's a potential goal. Like, I feel like I want to be like Casey Neistat, but it's just as likely that you climb that ladder and find out that it was leaned up against the wrong wall. Yeah, because there's no there there. There's not. And so with this, for the people who are looking, those of us looking for to create a platform-ish like thing, I hate the way that I'm talking, by the way. I hate this sounds, but I'm, I'm admitting it. Like, I guess this is really how I have been thinking for a while is you kind of roll with things as they come. Right. So I've got bad companies reaching out to me to do collaborations and partnerships on actually creating the actual product. Now that is so weird after spending so much time just talking about bags that like now I know a lot about it and I have this massive platform and audience there. This is weird. And then I'm also branching out into other products, seeing where that will go and probably be doing maybe more ba- less bag stuff and more general life purchase stuff, which gets me into a wider audience that yada, yada, yada. So like as a platformy person, there's all of these questions that come up and it's really kind of like, I don't know if it's just, if it's just YouTubers because YouTubers are afforded the ability to get into whatever, I guess, you know what I mean? To be doing, cause it's a, it's a video content. It's share. It's profoundly shareable, way more shareable than a podcast, way more shareable than an, than an email or a blog post in some ways. You know what I mean? Cause it's video content. Anyways, I don't want to get us down that rat hole, rat hole too much, but I think there is a valid way of looking at a business that is this ev- evolutionary entity, you know, where it's like right now it looks like this and this feels good and we'll see what happens after that. And Steph, I think this gets to, uh, I think this is why I'm so excited about the idea of those like group sessions, right? And things where you're able to test ideas out as you go and find where the traction is, you know, um, because that mm-hmm. is what I see as the hardest thing about this getting things done, busyness versus effectiveness thing. Effectiveness. Steph, you mentioned it directly, growth. You were like, well, what defines mm-hmm. uh, like what we should be working on? It's the growth. Corbett, you embodied this. It's the growth. I have got it stuck in me now too. It is. It's the growth. It's mm-hmm. the real life thing. It's the actual result. It's the thing that makes me, I sniff out in every email and every conversation with someone, I can tell if they're on the hunt or not. If they're still trying to figure out some right. of the, one of these little things, or if they know it's like, wow, I actually can't control uh, all the variables, but I know what I'm looking for. You know, I know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for this kind of thing, this kind of traction, this kind of growth. And, um, and where, and for every business that growth looks different, but there's metrics that don't matter and there's metrics that do matter. Right. And so I had a real specific point that I was heading to in the growth. Let's see if I can find it, but I've lost it for the second, but (laughs) first let's like, we've got a sponsor today and the sponsor is Sezzle. And this is, this is like a, um, this is really does blow my mind a bit, Corbett. Tell us about Sezzle. Yeah, shout out from our sponsor, Sezzle, today, because only one in three millennials in the U.S. owns a credit card today. That's kind of crazy. So Sezzle created a cutting-edge payment platform that enables shoppers to buy now and then pay later like a credit card without the same financial pitfalls. So Sezzle allows shoppers to pay for a purchase in four equal installments, completely interest-free, and then Sezzle actually pays the merchant in full up front and in, and then assumes all the repayment risk from the actual shopper. So this is a tool that you as a merchant can install on your website to open up a new payment opportunity for people shopping, and you can increase your online sales by doing that. So check out Sezzle. You can receive a free 30-day trial by going to sezzle.com slash fizzle. That's S-E-Z-Z-L-E dot com slash fizzle. So I think one of the strongest things we can do is cultivate a mindset of possibility and potential and, and of a, like almost optimism, which doesn't get us too crazy. I have seen this optimism, like I see it a lot around WDS, this kind of like, this kind of manic optimism uh, that oftentimes can like, I don't know, it doesn't serve us because there really is work that needs to get done. And you really do need to, to make the dollars and cents and you really do need to serve your customers and understand that. And there really will be challenging, you know, potentially confusing parts about that. So creating that mindset of, uh, of whatever it is you feel like you're lacking 
which is kind of, I, I think it comes up from our subconscious and all this old psychological stuff, uh, this ancient stuff. That's, I think, what a lot of us are really trying to work out in our businesses. Um, and at the same time, we're asking our businesses to be this like vehicle that we like don't work our, our, all of our stuff out on, but we can, what would they make? It makes money. It puts food on the table and that kind of thing. So we're sort of in this, in this tension between the who am I and what am I here for? And well, I just need to pay this month's rent and, and put the food on the table or enough for, uh, for what we need. And I think the, the line that sort of the tension between those two, the, the place that connects those two things is that, uh, that exploration of, of growth is growth is traction is, um, is like, are we growing or are we not? Are we making sales or are we not? And uh, like, are we growing in meaningful ways or not? I'm curious, Steph, from your perspective, when you think of goals, we need to know where we're going in order to figure out what to do today. And then you, uh, and then you think of goals as like these things of like, this is where I want to be. And then you think of the to-do list or what we're planning on this week and what we need to get done, right? In the context of like, in the context of that sort of framework and the challenge of like just getting the work done every day and staying on track and yada, yada, yada. What does, what does growth mean for you in that environment? Like, what do you think of when you think about growth for what you're doing at Courage and Clarity? Well, I'll answer that. Excuse me. I'll answer that in a second. But one thing that is like to come all the way back around, I really um, enjoyed listening to you, Chase, talk about some of your innermost thoughts in terms of where you want to be and how you see yourself in business. And I think a lot of people listening and I can relate to this as well, relate to the idea of wanting to be a platform in and of themselves. I think a lot of people who get into entrepreneurship, our identity is all tangled up in there. And part of me pauses when I hear people say that um, because what I hear and what I've fallen into myself is too much attachment, okay? So being too attached to the results is like just a death wish because you will never feel good enough. I guarantee if you become... Tony Robbins, Marie Forleo, whoever it like name your idol. If you have issues with your own identity, no amount of platform is going to take that away. Uh, those, those like that longing feeling. So to come all the way back around to having some kind of productivity system, some, some kind of system for tracking what you're doing in your workday. I think what it gives you is the ability to detach. Okay. So what it comes, what comes to mind for me is it's like the difference between identity and habits. They're two different things. Like when you have, um, work that needs to be done on yourself in the area of habits. I think sometimes we end up judging ourselves. We say things to ourselves like, I am worthless because I never get my stuff done. Or I am not enough because I never make it to the gym. Or I'm probably never going to be successful because I always fall short. And when I hear people say that, which I hear all the time, um, I'm hearing a lot of identity getting mixed up with habits. They're two different things. So what I love so much and why I'm probably so obsessed with the 15-minute planner method and having a system for tracking what you're doing is it gives you the benefit of separating habits, which like, think about like, I want like people listening to think of a physical separation. If you're separating yourself from what you're doing, you can examine it like an observer instead of being so close to it where you're judging the hell out of yourself. So it's not about you not being good enough. It's about you having room for improvement in terms of how you Mm. work. So I really love thinking about that for myself because I am prone to feeling like maybe I don't have what it takes or maybe people don't like me enough or I'll never be who I want to be. Like I've always looked up to people like Marie Forleo because I just think she's so well spoken and amazing and I could really easy go to really easily go down the rabbit hole of being like I will never be that because I always fall short. So for me, what having a productivity system has given me is the ability to analyze my own habits and my own ability to grow without passing judgment on myself. Like it protects my self-worth to look at how I work. Like when Steph is an obliger in her business, it's not because I'm a people pleaser, like I don't give myself that label. It's because I'm that's just probably honestly goes back to like how I came up in the corporate world. I got really good at 
doing what people wanted me to do because it got me really damn far, to be <laughs> totally honest. So I have some of those habits carrying over into my role as CEO at Courage and Clarity. So I'm able to analyze my patterns without beating myself up, which I just think is so valuable. So that to me, again, is the difference between my identity versus yeah. my habits. They're two different things. And I think we have to yeah. keep the two separate. Yeah, so in the context of that of that growth, that I'm, I, I think growth is <laughs> like the... When we say growth, we don't mean like more Twitter followers or more, more, we're, we're, we're talking about is like the metric that matters right now is moving. And so we probably, Corbett, is there a better term that we can use than growth? I mean, for our business in Fizzle, it was always growth because that's where we, that's where we needed to get to. But it's almost like it's your KPI, your key performance indicator for right now, right? And, uh, is there another term that you can think of that's better at that? for like go for it i mean at the top of probably everyone's list who's running a business is that they would like that business to earn more money yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so but but i'm I'm not saying that's the the only the only goal but it's probably a goal for everyone who's running a business well it's the it's yeah it is the big one and if it's not it needs to be right it's like it's like i think there there are like i think i could have ridden could have done entrepreneurial things and not made revenue like a very essential part of what I was talking about, of what I was thinking mm-hmm. about, you know, and that was a, that was a fallacy because those products are not happening anymore. You know, that was, that was a mistake. But for those, those folks who are early on in a, in an idea uh, who are, you know, then the, their, their KPI might be the, the thing they might be needing to look at most is like the number of blog posts I, I have, you know, uh, prepared, it, this week because you're doing four weeks of just prepping blog posts ready getting ready for launch or something like that who knows um but you've got some metric that matters to you and figuring out whatever that is and then doing what you need to do to move the needle on that thing and i feel like when you get into a position where there's conviction about why this metric matters that's what really changes everything for me that's what like puts everything in context is is a sense of like, Oh no, you're right. This thing right here does matter. How do we move the needle on that? That's when, uh, that's when the project ideas, the task ideas, the motivation for the tasks, the strategy for what gets done when starts to happen. If I've, whenever I felt like I'm not sure what matters when I'm not sure if this metric or that metric matters more, then it's like, it's sort of like a free for all. It's like, who knows? Right. But when you know, like the, the thing that matters right now, more than anything else is just putting these th- is for me right now, the thing that matters more than anything else is just three videos a week. That's it. That's it. I can do anything I want as long as three videos a week get done, you know, and I can make that as easy or as difficult <laughs> as I want it to be. And from that perspective, now I can contextualize what my to-do list is, what my goals are in, in a weekly fashion a little bit, but I get, I run the risk there of getting in that busyness trap. So Corbett, we've talked about a ton of things here. We've even like, thanks you guys for letting me sort of blow it up in a, in a, in a very messy sort of subconsciously psychological weird thing. But it's whenever we talk about goals and tasks, this is the stuff that blows me up. This is the stuff that makes me kind of fall off the wagon is like, is like, I can't tell if it matters or not, or I forget if I forget what matters about it or something like that. Right. So Corbett in, in closing here, like, what do you, what do you say to people in closing and what, what are, what's like the next resource for them? Well, um, if you haven't checked out the goals course inside fizzle, that's a great place to start if you're a Fizzle member. And if you're not a Fizzle member, you can join us for free for five weeks at fizzle.co slash try five. Uh, we also have Steph's 15-minute planner method. And the URL for that we will put in the show notes. This is going to be uh, at fizzleshow.co slash 278. That's right. And um, the 15-minute planner method is a great place to start. Those two are really interesting to me because the advice I was going to give or the the closing comments were going to be that in order to be effective, you really need to start at both ends of this spectrum or both ends of this pyramid. You need to start at the sophisticated, uh, strategic, what is my life about sort of end. And you also need to start at the 
nuts and bolts. How do I know what I'm working on and how do I get things done day to day? And the goal is to try to work towards a place where those things meet in the middle, where mm-hmm. your goals and your to-do list are aligned and you feel like they're driving not only progress in your business, but that you progress in your business is driving progress towards your life goals, whatever those are. The first step of this, I think, is, again, to take the goals course and the 15-minute planner method. But the other part of it is just to recognize that there is a difference between busyness and effectiveness and to make sure that you're constantly asking yourself, okay, not only am I being busy, but am I being effective? I love that. I think that idea of, I'm just making a note in my little notebook here, that idea of being effective, in order to be effective, you need to start at both ends of the spectrum. Your daily needs and your big goals, your future goals and stuff like that. The the right now and the where we're going sort of thing. I think that's fascinating. And a great summary of this of this whole thing. And so, um, like Corbett said, we've got the goals course. We've got inside of Fizzle, there's another productivity essential course, which is which is great for getting you thinking through some of like these these core ideas that are in all of the important uh, productivity systems over the past 20 years. I kind of studied those and put that into like a, a cliff notes version into in the productivity essentials course. There's also inside fizzle, the journaling course, like I mentioned for any of you who need to be working on your mindset every day to, to kind of like be able to clear out the cobwebs and use the power of that affirmation and the goal stuff that I get into there to set yourself up every day for uh, like basically your best day yet. And it's powerful. It's a very, very powerful thing to do, to work into your daily thing. And it's all contextualized by that goals course and then Steph's 15-minute planner, which is kind of like the operating system for every day. What's great about that is you sort of start from scratch every week, right? Here I am, what needs to happen? Let's write it all out and then we'll make our decision of what we're actually going to spend our time on this week and what the big things are versus what the little things are. Um, It's a really powerful thing. So go to fizzleshow.co slash 278 to get the links to that and to everything else that was mentioned here. Steph Corbett, thank you for being here with me today on the Fizzle Show. Thank you. Thanks, guys. This was a fun one. This was a fun one. You guys, so fizzleshow.co slash 278 is where you can find all of the links for the things that we talked to in this episode. Um, I appreciate you guys for listening so much. We all do. Let us know how it's going. Reach out on Twitter, which is a social media platform, as is Facebook. Another one, kind of a fast-growing one. You might want to check that out if you haven't heard about it yet. Um, Or cut at... (laughs) <laughs> or or a cut. That's <laughs> always the one we go to. Friendster, high five. Um, these are all these are all ones that I think are still working. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then, like Corbett said, you can always get into Fizzle. Try out our roadmap. Take all these courses for free for five weeks. Get into the forums. Start asking questions and getting feedback from real entrepreneurs who are actually putting their butt on the line to make something that they care about too. Create some friendships with other people who are actually trying things in their life versus people who are just trying to get whatever, you know, promotion or other things that, I don't know. You know how other people live. Sometimes it feels different. So check out Fizzle. Get that five-week free trial at fizzle.co slash try five. Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in. Thanks for listening, y'all. And we'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show. (laughs) 